Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast. Jason of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. Joining me today is my dear friend, Claudia Oshray. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. My absolute favorite thing to say ever. Like, if you... Like, I'm, if you hadn't coined it as your little catchphrase, like, I would steal it. I fucking love it. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. I actually had, like, a hey, girl, hey, like, meltdown in what? 2021. It actually was, like, more like 2020. And I was like, is this, should this not be my catchphrase? Like, I've had, it's been... It's been like a really um, rough relationship mm, with Hey Girl Hi. Yeah. It has. I've really questioned it. So oh, for no, you to I love say it. that makes me feel so good. Because well, I don't like own Hey Girl Hey. And, you know, it's everywhere. But you yeah. think it's mine? You like have trademarked it in a sense. In the podcasting sphere, for sure. Ooh, thank you, hunty. You're love welcome. It. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I haven't been on your podcast in a while. I know. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited. We have to talk about euphoria, yeah. which is really just a big conversation about the war potentially between Gen Z and millennials. So we're going to dive deep into all that jazz. But and you know, um, I have like an identity crisis when it comes to which generation I'm a part of because I'm in denial. Yes. Yeah, so, so I understand like, this because I am in denial about my generation, and I feel like that's how you and I have become so close. Yeah, like, I, for a while I identified as a zillennial, which is, like, between Gen <laughs> Z and millennial, mostly because I'm, like, in denial about the fact that technically, yes, I am a millennial, but I just think, like, millennial is so wide of a, of a gap, you know? It is, it and is. And I think Gen Z technically starts, like, 96, 97, yeah, I'm going to actually, like, grab it right now because I want to get the dates exactly right. Cause, and, and the thing with the, um, generations is, like, not one website agrees with the other. They're yeah. always different. The dates yep. are always all over the place. Um, but I do think, so what age? If it's 96, I'm very bad at calendar math. I believe that makes you, like, 25. 25 and under is Gen Z. And I'm 27, so I just, like, refuse to. And I'm, and I'm also a young 27. You know, I'm on TikTok. I keep up with the kids. Yeah, you do. I feel like if you're on TikTok, you are able to straddle the generational gap. 
And for the most part, I really do feel like I've straddled it in a really unique way that only I could do. But then I started watching Euphoria and I realized I have absolutely nothing in common with the younger generation. Um, I don't understand them at all. And I, I, it takes a lot for me to feel old because I like to think I'm a young spirit. Yes. Euphoria is the thing that officially made me feel old. Okay, that's so interesting. So I have what you're experiencing right now. I've experienced a decade ahead of you because I... I'm old. So, <laughs> True. so I am a millennial, but I am an elder millennial. Mm-hmm. Some might even say I could technically straddle into Gen X, which I never boomer. said it. Everybody, no! How dare her? Oh, is Gen X not boomer? <laughs> no, let me just go through the generation just so we know what we're working with. Okay, so World War II. <laughs> okay. That's so you. Was, that's, my, that's my generation. Was yeah. nine, 1922. A hundred years ago to 1927. Why so short, one asks. Yeah, that is short. Post-war was 1928 to 1945. Oh, I guess Bo- it's short because of the war. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Durr>. <laughs> Boomer 1 is 90, 1946 to 54. Boomer 2 was 55 to 64. That's my parents, Boomer mm-hmm. 2. Gen X. And then there's Millennials. Us, wink, wink to myself, and Mm -hmm. then there's Gen Z, which we are both desperately trying to get into the club of. It's so (laughs) pathetic. Like, I used to be very confident, and now I'm just not. No, to me, you, I feel like you feel very Gen Z. You can play totally Gen Z. That's so nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, see, it's just really selfishness, because I'm like, if you're in it, then I'm in it by proximity. Oh, 100%. And you know what? (laughs) You know what I do think does age us? Marriage? What we do, no. What we do for a living, like podcasting, which yes. is really the center of both of our business, is yes. very much a millennial medium. Yes. Therefore, making us by proxy millennials. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm happy just to be in the millennial club. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you're, you're hanging on for dear life. So I... Do you, I don't want to say my birth year. <laughs> Do you not have to? I don't want to. That's okay. I'm going to start lying about my age. But I am I am a millennial by the numbers. But I what is what do the numbers say? When does millennial start? 1981 to 1996. Okay, like I was born in 94. I just really feel like I should be given given like some leeway. Don't you get a little bit? You definitely do, for sure. So, but I remember a time when Gen X was fighting with millennials because I feel of like, I, especially given my job at Sirius, Sir, radio was an old industry. Like the mm-hmm. fact that I had the position I had at Sirius infuriated Gen right. Xers. They were like, get the fuck out of here. So I was like the young thing coming in, shaking things up. And so because I work with a lot of people that were a lot older than me, I feel like I really got like um, a Gen X and even boomer perspective of millennials. I remember my boss at Sirius was like, I have to go for training. We had a meeting. She's like, I have to cancel. I have to go for training. I'm like training for what? She's like, how to, how to handle the millennial interns. I was like, shut the fuck up. They're like, no, we really had to go through special training for it. Well, you know what? Can I say like, it's always cool to be young, you know, in our culture, like there's a huge emphasis and value put on youth, but my entire life, like I've always been friends and just always surrounded myself with people who were older than me not for any reason you know I just always I had two older sisters I would hang out with their friends my friends now in the industry just because I started so young like you're older than me my Brian who's my best friend most of my friends are older than me and I just tend to don't you like it gravitate towards older people and I have to say there's nothing like it like I think it's really a wonderful 
thing. Like, I feel like I've learned so much. I'm such a different person. I've just better value. I can't explain it. Yeah. My whole life, I've always like been the youngest person in certain rooms and I always loved it. Always. How are you going to feel though when like no, you're going to have. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, bitch. We know that time is coming. Just shut the fuck but, up. Wait, I have good news for you. I think when people say I like to be friends with people that are older than me, I know what you're saying. You're like an old soul and mature beyond your years. However, I think there's two kinds of people in this world. I think there's people who are only friends with people exactly like them and mm-hmm. age is included in that. You're at an age now where I think you'll start to have, like you have your olders mm-hmm. and you're going to start to quit because I was the same. I always had older friends. I always liked to be around older people. I was the firstborn. Um, I was like the firstborn out of all my parents' friends from college, like in terms of kids. So I would like go to the bar with them and eat right. like alligator bites, which is like well, a really weird detail I didn't have to get. You know what I think for a lot of people, when you grow up in certain, you know, communities, you're really just grown growing up with people who are exactly like you. And okay. it's not until you get to college or, or you mature into the real world that you start to meet different people and you realize there's so much value in knowing people who just have are different ages, backgrounds, come from different places. But then there are people who like always stick with the people they grew up with, like never evolve past what they know and like use it as a crutch. And I just think that you're always going to be worse off keeping yourself that way, in my opinion. I agree. So I feel like because you've already ventured outside of the realm of comfort, if you will, right, mm-hmm. age-wise, you are going to also be collecting younger friends as well. So you're a good girl. Don't worry. I'm really not interested in collecting younger friends. I like to be the youngest person always. <laughs> I will never that- come around with like a 23-year-old who I want to add to our group of friends. I'm just letting you know. D- don't well, expect that from me. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but doesn't Margot count as our like Gen Z? Oh, yes. I mean, Post your you- child? Uh, we're sisters, so... I don't consider her like someone I've picked up. I've been, you know, known her for quite some time. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, when it comes to all young person things, Snapchat, she is my go-to. Yes. Oh, man. I love Margot. She keeps me young. That she makes keeps me young. Feel so old saying that. <laughs> but and also, FYI, I don't want any new friends in our friend group. I decided. Oh no, I'm so anti-new <laughs> friends. Don't worry. Like we're very much on the same page. Like nobody else. We're at max capacity. This 100%. is like Titanic. The ship is sinking. You we're can't get in my lifeboat. We've hit. We've hit the weight limit. Like it's over. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Remember we were DMing recently about someone. Yes. Yes. You're crazy. You fucking. Crazy crazy ass bitch <laughs> I was like do not like I posted one no, thing I'm not gonna say who it is I just posted one thing about a person like just one thing and Taylor was like are you replacing me I'm like are you fucking kidding no, me like I, I said I said boo <laughs> yeah and then you went on a whole spiral about a story from Sirius I know I was sending you paragraphs I was like is this bitch okay I thought maybe you were drunk <laughs> Always. Hello. Yeah, no, I mean, I was drunk, so I like was like, I'll deal with this in the morning. <laughs> Thank you for just getting me. I appreciate it. Of course. But when I was like, when I, I mean, when I was at Sirius, I, I felt like a spring chicken, right? Totally, totally. But then I feel like I was very present for the Gen Z millennial war because I was like right on both sides. So I could see the value of millennials. And when people were like beating a drum of millennials are the worst, I was like, no, guys, they're what's up. Yeah, I don't believe in writing off people generations because of their age. It's it's more of like, and I used to experience that all the time. Like back in the day when I first started oh, yeah. doing this, millennials were very much like a core demographic. People wanted to reach. Every brand wanted to yes. figure out how to get their disposable income 
income and people just used to write you off immediately. Immediately. Like, and also it's a combination of your age, but also when I first started, I was like taking my own meetings and I'm very much, you know, five feet tall. I don't speak like a college educated person. Every other word is like, totally like, 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 but that doesn't, you know, devalue what I know and, and what I'm capable of, but people right. are very quick to completely write you off. Very, very. I watch people do it. Like they would hear millennial and they'd be like, we're done. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that is so crazy. We need them. So yeah. I was proud of myself that I saw the value in, you know, young millennials and it, my, my ability to like brace a generation that maybe I wasn't completely comfortable in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it paid off because most of my friends now are hardcore millennials. If I'm an elder millennial, y'all are millennial millennials. Right, right. Some of us are zillennials. But then, some of us are zillennials. But then, nah. Uh, I'm hearing all this stuff about Gen Z, and it's like, you can't have a middle part. Those jeans are not cool. You're a choogy-choog. You can't have blonde hairs. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to fight you. I wouldn't. So mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm starting to do the thing I said I would never do, which is I want to fucking fight people. So no, I don't know war. how to squash this. How do you... And maybe because you're the second next generation, you're able to actually like let that stuff maybe understand it better. Can you translate? Well, I'm just the type of person like I really don't believe in like not yucking other people's yums. Like, OK, yeah. would I ever wear some of the jeans that people in Gen Z wear? No. But if I could pull them off, no. like I probably would. Like, I just don't believe in judging someone based on a hair color or the type of jeans you right. wear. Like, I just think that's right. moronic. Um, I agree. And that's very much a quality of Gen Z, um, but I think it's just like an immaturity. Right. Like, I want to be like, you don't like a side part? Check in with me when you're rapidly approaching 40 and you need to make your face look fuller, you fucking asshole. Uh, I do have to say, I hate a side part, but not on other people. Okay. Just on myself. Like, one of my biggest regrets, I have like a couple huge regrets in my life, and one of them was doing a side part to my sister Jackie's <laughs> wedding. I'm sure you don't remember because you were blacked out in the back of the taxi. <laughs> Like, but, so blacked out. But I had recently lost a lot of weight before Jackie's wedding, and I was just feeling empowered to change up my look, you know? <laughs> and I went with, like, this old Hollywood soft glam with these, you know, really soft waves, and I did a side part. And when I took the pictures, like, in the glam chair, it looked so good. I was like, this is it. And throughout the night, with every picture that went by, I was sweating, my hair got flatter. It was giving, right. you know, rock band, not old Hollywood. <laughs> Could you do me a favor and send me a pic from that? No. <laughs> this episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by ZocDoc. There are some amazing doctors out there, but really the only ones that matter are the ones who you can see who actually take your insurance. With ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you and who take your insurance. No more wasting time hunting down Aunt Shirley's cash-only chiropractor or the dentist your coworker recommended who ends up being out of your network. You know what I'm talking about. Enough is enough. ZocDoc is a free, yeah, free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So you can read up on local doctors and get verified patient reviews and see what other real humans had to say about their visits. And so convenient. Just go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, it's just up to you. And just like that, you're booked. 
Finally, you can find a doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. And every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and you should be one of them. And in this chaotic world of healthcare, chaotic, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. <laughs> See what I did there? What are you waiting for? Go to ZocDoc dot com slash taylor and download the zocdoc app for free then start your search for a top rated doctor today many are available within 24 hours again that zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash t-a-y-l-o-r zocdoc dot com slash taylor and now back to the podcast i have a couple other major life regrets i've spoken about them sometimes on podcasts but one of my biggest regrets, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. When me and Ben were dating, we were on yes. 72nd and 3rd. I'm sure we were just coming from lunch. And there's a TD Bank on 72nd and 3rd. It's on the uh, southwest corner. Okay. So we're walking out of lunch, and we're on the southeast corner. And all of a sudden, this man comes running out of TD Bank, like sprinting up 3rd Avenue so fucking fast. And there's big red clouds of smoke coming behind him. And me and Ben look at each other. We're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh and God. all of a sudden, this he, he drops something as he's running, and this money comes flying across the street like these bills. But they had big holes in them, and they had red ink all over them, which I guess is like a security measure from when someone robs a bank. Right. So we're seeing this all happen. Like, I saw the guy run. We look down. We pick up the money. It's like red, and there's a hole in it. And I'm like, I don't want my DNA on here. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and we're freaking out. We just, like, stand around looking, and two seconds seconds later cops pull up because I guess you know TD Bank had some right. alert sent to the local precinct and the police officer is like what'd you see I'm like sir I saw everything like I've seen SVU I remember details <laughs> I'm like you know 180 pounds purple Lacoste polo blue jeans headed north on third avenue from 72nd street oh my god and the guy was like oh we found you know our new detective he's like he says to his partner, like, let's get in the car. And he's like, ma'am, get in. No. Because I, I know what he looks like. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And this was back in the day when my Snapchat was popping off. Like, for me, I've had many iterations of my career. And for me, Snapchat, when it first launched the stories, was a huge boost for me. And that's how I got a, a following. Uh -huh. um, and I was like, think of the Snapchat content. I'm like, get in the fucking car. Yeah. And Ben grabs me. And he's like, if you get in that car, like, you're what? crazy. I'm like, what? Why? He's like, it's so you're gonna go chase like a, a criminal. I'm like, what? I'm like, I guess, yeah. but like the adrenaline wasn't, you know, like for me, I wasn't thinking of any of the negatives. The adrenaline was like, get in the car, get the content, help solve a crime, Mariska Hargitay. And Ben was like, <laughs> do not get in that car. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And you didn't. And I was like, I was like, okay. Kalaya! Which is so not like me to listen to Ben. Like, I'm very much my own woman. Never. Have, by the way, and that's that's probably why I don't listen to Ben, because that one time I did, it was the biggest <laughs> mistake of my life. And they just drove away. I never found out, like, what happened, but I could have been in the car. I mean, I guess I could have, like, you know, ended up in, like, a bad situation, you know, trying to catch a criminal. But I wasn't seeing that. I was seeing the content. Um, I'm, that was a huge, I mean, that was a huge mistake. Beyond. Huge. Epic. Huge. Huge mistake. Huge. Huge. Um, fucking Ben. What are, are your you life's me? biggest regrets? I live with no regrets. No, oh, I don't. I, I hate when people say that so deeply. I, I have regrets. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I will say at this point in my life, like, 
obviously I could say I regret that I got married the first time around. No, I hate Duh. when people say that. That's so easy. No? And you know, I hate when people say that, like major life things. Of course, it's not ideal to have gotten divorced. But where would you be sitting right now if... Precisely. No, and like if you never even met Wasman, you might not have even met Taylor. Like it's just you play with with how your life pans out when you regret major life decisions. And even the worst things in life are so valuable in what you learn. Right. I guess my biggest regret was every time I gained 10 pounds. Of course. I hear you. And I agree. (laughs) I thought it will stop. (laughs) hundred <laughs> percent. And then like, if I could go back to like three years ago, remember when you came on getting younger and I had that like little rainbowy dress on mm-hmm. that was two sizes ago. Okay. No, that's... And, and I thought then I was like, Oh my God, I'm so far gone. I'll never, I'll never get back. If I just stopped and been like, just try to just, you know, be good for a couple weeks. I would be, so that's my biggest regret. Does that That's the really scary thing. I talk about that a lot in my book, which is available at girlnojob.com slash book. I talk about that a lot with someone who's like always been very aware of her weight, like since high school when I started gaining weight. Um, And in high school, I was like so sure that I was like the fattest bitch alive. And it was like crippling insecurity. And now when I look back on those photos, I'm such a normal looking girl. The same Same. as all my friends, like really the same. Same. same and if I just knew back then like how much worse it was gonna get I would cry same same, same. Right. I wish I could be the weight I was when I thought I was fat are you ooh. kidding me ooh that girl could be a model ooh girl Victoria's I, Secret I look like fucking Julia Fox not in the face but in the body you know no, yeah like delicious <laughs> and gorgeous well I always like in the, I have a strecker booty okay we all have it even that's why we have a corgi they say you look like your dog we look like fucking corgis in my family that's little funny. legs big asses but like I always had like thick thighs like I was like a thicky thick thick before mm-hmm. it was a fucking song lyric and, and so, before it was like trendy exactly and so I feel like I wonder had I grown up in a different generation mm-hmm. would I have been like I am a snickety snack or would I still have had the same shit because I mean the beauty expectations are still so impossibly high yeah and we definitely grew up at the height of like diet culture you know totally toxicity totally okay so back to generations so yeah, so now we're with Gen Z. I can fuck with the millennial, but I'm like, Gen Z's actually testing me. So Euphoria season two just came out on HBO. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, as much as I feel like a distance between Gen Z, I watched season one. Like, and, and I mean, it came out like two years ago at this point. Yeah. It took a big break because of the pandemic. And I was like, this shows everything. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm scared for everybody involved. But like, and I remember after watching, I was like, I get this generation yeah. I'm gonna do it again and yeah. then TikTok came out and I was like I don't understand this generation well you know what I've actually heard mixed reviews about whether or not euphoria is like an accurate representation of what goes on with kids in high school these days because for me when I first watched the show like aside from it being really good and just like the entertainment value I was really shocked I'm like is this what kids in high school are doing I definitely grew up extremely sheltered because like I went to like a Jewish school and it was like everyone was like super religious, so it wasn't getting wild on weekends right And I know people who grew up differently and they grew up like a little bit faster. You know, they were drinking before I was drinking. They were smoking pot, but it was never, you know, doing Molly at the local carnival, you know? Right. Right. So I've gotten mixed reviews from people like, you know, people who follow me when I just ask them, like, is this what actually goes down in high schools? And some people are like, yeah. And some people are like, fuck no. So my initial reaction to euphoria, besides for like, wow, this is such a good show. was like, is this actually happening? 
I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think it is to some degree because Okay, so like Gossip Girl. fucking like this, like when they're 16, 17? So Gossip Girl was kind of like the euphoria of millennial yes. generation, right? Yes. And I feel like Gossip Girl, I was like, they're acting like adults. They're not like that. And I will say when I moved to the city and I'm, you know, Matt Wasman and all of his friends, because he had all of his friends from high school, he went to a, a very prominent high school in New York City. So you have to take that in consideration too. He was technically Yeah, but like you were kid. out of high school. So I was watching Gossip Girl while in high school at the same age as the characters were supposed to be. Okay, but you were also in a super religious school. What yes, I'm saying is he, yes. you could almost count him as a city kid, mm-hmm. even though he lived in New Jersey, because he grew up going to high school in the city, and all of his friends were city kids, and they literally, when they told stories from high school, I was like, Gossip, Gossip Girl is real. They were yeah. clubbing. They were, I mean, I, not really him, but like some of his like high school girlfriends who were awesome, they were like, they were like done with drugs by college because they had experimented mm-hmm. that much in high school. Right, so right. I'm like, damn, I guess Gossip Girl like wasn't that far off. So maybe if you're like in a metropolis, then Euphoria, like I, is, is Euphoria supposed to be set in Los Angeles? That's know, where it is East in my mind. Highland? Where the fuck is that? They never say. It's pretend. In my mind, it's like a suburb of Los Angeles somewhere. Oh, in my mind, I've always thought of it as just like a regular place, like Michigan, you know? Really? Maybe not Michigan. Like Florida? I don't know. Florida's not They're a regular place. They're never wearing place. winter coats. <laughs> They're never wearing winter coats. That's why I thought L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Unless it's we're just cold. doing it seasonally or, or like, whatever. Yeah, like Palo Alto. Like... Totally. Yeah. Like Northern, like, like Sacramento. Because parts of the school are like outside and you only do that when like you go to a like place where it's warm 300. It reminds me of the high school. Do you remember the show Awkward on MTV? Yes. Yes. It is. So fucking good. They went to Palo Alto high school and it was like all outside. They were like always eating lunch outside and shit. Yeah. I feel like it gives me like Lady Bird vibes. Right. And that's Sacramento, I believe. Okay, yeah, I think we're on the same page. So we'll we'll throw them in Cali. Mm -hmm. But I just, I do, I feel, well, especially California, I feel like that shit goes on all the time. You know, I just feel like. Possibly, yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take it at face value. I'm going to say that it's accurate. Um, But so, yeah, so what do you think of it? Because I know, so so you're in season one, right? No, I'm totally caught up. Totally caught up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, opinions, concerns. (laughs) Do we love it? Do we feel like we have to watch it? I started watching because I felt like I had to. And then I actually just really liked it. I just was intrigued from what I was hearing. And I thought when I watched it that it was extremely good. I think that one of the things I was talking about this on the toast that's so interesting about it is I think, you know, every show I've ever watched up until recently that included nudity was always on women. It was always boobs, 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 boobs. If we saw anything from a man, it was like an ass cheek and it was like crazy. And it was like the responsibility of women to carry, you know, the NA rating on the network. And it's just like, it's kind of bullshit. And I, I'm, I'm shocked by the amount of penises, like the variety, the shape, the size. I'm shocked. But I also love that it's like equally, there's way more dicks than boobs. And I just think that's very interesting. So many dicks. I've never seen so many dicks in my life. And I'm like, I'm like, I did not. I mean, I'm the notorious for never looking at dicks. The particular episode on the toilet was particularly offensive. Offensive. <laughs> Gonzo. Offen- Big like, time. I just did not need to know what it looks like when a man when takes sit. a dump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I notoriously never looked at dicks. Shocking not because I'm a lesbian. Wow, but I dated surprising. a guy for years, for years, not lesbian. I got to give him credit where credit's due. And he, this guy, not lesbian, was circumcised. 
or uncircumcised rather and I had oh, no wow. idea and oh, I wow. found out years later after we broke up that a friend of mine had hooked up with him and she's like yeah that was like the one uncircumcised penis I saw and I was like uncircumcised and she's oh, like my, did you crazy. never give him a blow job and I was like of course I did that's like what you have to do and she's right. like and you never noticed that he had and uncircumcised. I, I mean, that's how little I looked at his dick. So I yeah. have seen more dick in my life, like, than I ever saw in my life on the show. Yeah, no, it's extremely shocking. It really is. I mean, I really like the show. Um, I think it is shot beautifully. I think the actors are incredible. I think the story is compelling. Um, and you know what I love about it? I think it's so cool how, like, this is, it reminds me of, um, remember when Riverdale aired and that first season just went so viral and every single kid on the show just automatically became a star? Like, yep. millions of followers, millions of fans, like, couldn't go anywhere. Now they're, like, bona fide celebrities for eternity. And that's, with the exception of Zendaya, this is what's happening because she was already famous. That's right. what's happening with, like, Sydney Sweeney and, like, all, the girl who plays Maddie. Like, yeah. There are all these celebrities now who are only celebrities because of Zendaya, uh, not Zendaya, because of Euphoria. Yep. And it's so cool to just watch it all happen over the last year, you know, a million followers, two million followers. Now they have like four or five million followers. They're doing Balenciaga campaigns. They're doing Vogue collaborations. Like it's really cool to watch like the arc of celebrity occur. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Ritual. Gaps in the diet should not be ignored. I don't know if you know this. Let me throw some stats at you. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. And 95% are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. I fall directly into that category. Well, Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual did not stop there. They invested in a gold standard, universally-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. The results, Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. The clinical study was published in leading scientific journal, Frontiers in Nutrition. And just so you know, a published clinical study is a, a big deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. Rituals also committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication, no shady stuff. Before I got with Ritual, I was running all over the place trying to get all these different vitamins, and that's expensive and confusing and I forgot which vitamin I took and I'm not old enough yet where I want to get one of those vitamin thingamajiggers like my grandma used that holds all those different vitamins that scares me and that's why I love my ritual because I just got my one multivitamin pop it in bada bing bada boom I'm good to go my brain works it's like a one-stop shop to Healthyville USA it's like a one-stop shop to like new year new me Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Taylor and turn healthy habits into a ritual. Again, that's 10% off at ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. Ritual.com slash Taylor. And now back to the podcast. Do you feel like right now is the best time than ever before in the history of the world, in the history of Hollywood, let's say, to be a celebrity? <clears throat> no. No, I no, think not at all the time because like, I think it's Kim the worst. Kurt, you do? Yeah. Please, please go off on that. Well, I think just like 
given the culture and the climate that we're currently in, we expect much, much more of our celebrities. Like, I don't think anybody ever knew, you know, like, what... Audrey Hepburn was having for breakfast. Like, there's this level of invasion. It's like right. intimacy. It makes you more famous, which is great. Right. But we're just so much more obsessed because we have access to them. They're live streaming. We see their Instagram stories. Like, it's just much more is expected of you. Like, I feel like back in the day, you would make a movie and like do the red carpet, and you know, I don't know what they did back in the day, but like, and then it was over. Drank martinis at 2 p.m. Right, shit like that. People weren't like seeing you all the time. There wasn't paparazzi. I think right. it made for a much more balanced life in terms of mental health. Right. And now it's like we it's like now when you get famous, it's like you signed a social contract like we have access to 100 percent of you, your dating right. life, your personal life, your politics, your vagina, literally everything, literally. literally. And that's extremely unhealthy. Like, no, I remember they said this in that um, documentary, The Social Dilemma. It's not normal for a human being to receive this many opinions from other people about themselves. Like, this is not the way normal human beings were meant to exist. And Mm -hmm. that's why, like, so many people are struggling with mental health. That's that's why I just watched a show, you know, Hype House on TikTok and uh, on Netflix. Oh, my God, I can't talk today. I just watched a show, and it's, like, all these kids who just, in in a year, got tens of millions of followers. People are obsessed with them. that's what I'm talking about exactly. Because, like, okay, let's go back to, like, the genesis of the real world. What you're saying is it's easier to become famous. It's easier to become famous, and it's actually— I don't think it's a more pleasant existence. Interesting. Well, because I was thinking about even, you know, like movie stars. Like, remember when Friends getting a million dollars an episode was like the biggest deal in the world? I just want to say that still is like a pretty big deal in cable because cable's so old school. That's That just happened with the Big Bang Theory. They all were getting a million an episode. And it's like, it's a benchmark in cable that if you hit, it's like you are set for life. But then I saw that um, I'm so bad. I don't even know how to. I'm, I'm going to fuck her name up. Charlie Demil- Demilio. Demilio. She Grandma. made what in a year? Fifteen million dollars. She's worth fifteen million dollars yeah. in a year. In a yeah. year, and going by So like, I wonder if like celebrities like uh, Jennifer well, Aniston looks at that Did and goes like, "Fuck that! They, it's so easy now." Did you see the Demilio family had a show on Hulu? Yes, I saw, and I watched okay, it. And if, you, and if you watch it, you know that those two girls, while they do have $17, $18 million, they are also struggling so much with their platforms, with their mental health. They have mental yes. breakdowns on the regular. So it's right. like, yeah, $18 million sounds amazing, but like at what cost? At the cost of your mental health? Well, I guess that's the truth, too. You know, like, even thinking back, like, you said Audrey Hepburn, old Hollywood, it's like, it was it was their job, and they left it. And the only times they were photographed or even, like, bothered when were they're the working. Shows. That's why award like, outside of working, like, award shows, that's why they were such a big deal, because it was the only time you got to see celebrities. I have, like award show fatigue because I'm like I know everything I know like what your butthole looks like today I don't need to yeah. see one more thing Agreed. about you so yeah but I can only if, if I have fatigue I can't even imagine how it feels on their end right so and that's just what's concerning especially when it comes to social media like these kids are like getting like A-list status at 16 like snap of a finger your brain is not fully formed you don't know how to deal with like people literally sending you messages to kill yourself like not even an adult can handle that let alone a 16 year old who's not even finished with high school no it's insane so what you're saying is yes social media makes it easier to be famous faster famous bigger and the richest you can be but at a serious cost to your mental health yeah that's so true Mm -hmm. i just got such a mean dm last week (laughs) what to say you want, okay. I posted, um, I posted on my Instagram, just like, um, whatever meme about like showing up to meetings 20 minutes late, Lisa Barlow picture of her coming in. So rude. 
I know. And um, and I said, why do I do that? I work from home, so why am I still doing this kind of right. thing? And um, I post it. It's like so innocuous. It's like so stupid. It's like it's whatever. harmless fun. Like. Like, could it be less, like, threatening? There's, like, there's no opinion there whatsoever. (laughs) So, um, I post it, and I get in my DMs because they hit, this woman answered it for me. Oh, yeah. Because you are beyond lazy. Uh, you uh huh. You only work a few hours a day. Normal uh, people have to run errands and clean only on weekends. Where did she get that piece of information? I do do that, but what? And cannot take hours to cook one meal. Clearly, she's a listener because that is a that is a, a detail. story you told. <laughs> but like, so I just have to say, ago. and I don't know if you feel this way. One of the things, like. I, like, I try really not to care what people think about me, but at the end right. of the day, I care more than anything in the world. Um, right. The Same. only thing that, like, actually really bothers me is the misconception that, like, I work an hour a day because I do a show. Me, too. I do one show a day. Yes, the show is an hour, but, like, you're kidding, right? Like, that's not all it takes. It's just, oh, I recorded it. Gotta go. You're running a full-fledged brand. You're running social media. I run a podcast network. Like, that shit bothers me so much. Like, I do stand-up. Like, I have shit to do. Yeah, it's it, there is such a misconception that if you're in podcasting, even when I was in radio doing four hours, I still showed up at a certain time and then my quote unquote day was over. Truth, I work way more now as a podcaster mm-hmm. than I ever did as a radio show host because it was like, it was turnkey. I came in, right. my producer and everything set up, I'd walk out, I was done. Mm-hmm. That's why I started a fucking embarrassing blog because I was bored and yeah. needed shit to fill my day up with. But now it's like... Yeah, same. Running my own business. Radio, daily is radio you, show. Is podcast. That you, is that when you did your YouTube series, At Home with Taylor? I'll kill you. <laughs> Go on YouTube, you guys. Search no, Taylor Strecker no, Home Tour, no. and you'll get it on this YouTube channel that was, like, Taylor's OG content. Like, <sighs> she was obviously so fucking bored. She did, like, a home tour. It was, like, a series called At Home with Taylor. And when I'm feeling down, I go and watch it, and it really makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, because you're, like, smiling with me or laughing at me? I would say we're all <laughs> laughing together. <laughs> No, but it's also, like, emblematic of, like, an OG time on YouTube. Like, when people had platforms on different, you know, they had audiences on different platforms, whether it was, like, Instagram, Twitter, and, like, everyone would flock to YouTube because YouTube's where the money's at. When you watch some of, I mean, I have since deleted them. I don't know why you have. But if you've ever, (laughs) if you've ever went back and watched, I'll help you. If you, if someone ever found, like, my old, like, when I tried to become a YouTuber, I would die of shame. You know what? That is Patreon content right there. Just so no, you know. it's not. There's no <laughs> amount of money. There's no amount of money that like anyone could pay me to see my OG makeup tutorial because it is bleak. I thought my YouTube channel was fire. <laughs> no, of course. Back then, I was like, oh, my God, this is literally game-changing content. The world will never be the same. A million followers in a day. No, for real, I don't even know that bitch, okay? No, I don't I know, know that I girl. Don't. We, yeah. we, we, we don't, don't communicate. Her. We lost touch. I fucking hate her. I don't talk to that yep. bitch anymore. I feel um, you. No, go watch it now before I fucking delete it. Everybody yeah. run. Because I know you like, definitely don't know the password, so you're never going to be able to delete it. <laughs> you know I don't. But I will say, that is how I met TD. 
That is how I met my wife. Yeah. So I'll right. take. See, that's why you, you shouldn't regret anything. I regret the YouTube <laughs> channel. That I actually regret. Totally. Oh, Lord of mercy. Anyway, well, okay, so we give Euphoria two thumbs up. I really do. I love it. It's fun. Makes me feel like part of the, the youth. And it's a great show to discover new music. Every song on there oh. is going to like be a top 40 hit. It's so good. Right? But like sometimes they play like old school hip hop. And I'm like, I know they think this is an oldie. I know they do. No, I love, love that. Like in the uh, season premiere, yep. dun, 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 you fat motherfucker. Yep. That song, so I loved good. it. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Factor. New year, new me. I lost so much weight for my wedding and then I gained it all back and more because I'm an overachiever and I'm like enough, okay? I know it's like so cliche to have a new year's resolution that you're like i'm gonna lose weight and eat healthy but like i have uh, to lose weight and eat healthy i have a bachelor party i'm going to with a lot of thin influencers and i need to look better than i do right now staying on track is probably the hardest part of eating healthy eating healthy is actually quite refreshing but it's like okay what goes into eating healthy grocery shopping freaking shopping your life away prepping the food you know i spent all last sunday chopping food but like, that's what it takes, right? To stay on track. Well, guess what? I don't have to meal plan or prep anymore because I leave my meals to Factor. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious, you wouldn't believe they're good for you. Factor saves me so much time delivering chef-crafted meals directly to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping, such a pain, especially in the city with no car. I have to schlep all my groceries in a cart. You know, that's why most people fail on their healthy eating journeys. So each factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. It's even faster and way healthier than ordering out. And Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with more than 27 meal options each week, you're going to never get bored. Plus, Factor even knows my preferences. They offer vegan and veggie meals, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. What are you waiting for? Head to go.factor75.com slash plans and use code Taylor120 to get $120 off over your first five weeks of meals. That's code Taylor120 at go.factor75. So go.factor75 com slash plans P-L-A-N-S for 120 off and use that code Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R 120. And now back to the podcast. Before I let you go, uh, we have an announcement. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you for reminding me. I would have been like the worst with promoting. So it's been almost a year since my book came out, which thank you for having me on last time and this time to announce. So my book's coming out in paperback um, a year from when it was released, which was January 25th, 2021. So January 25th, 2022 is when it's available on paperback, which I'm really, really excited about. And I'm hosting a virtual event with Barnes and Noble. Um, and Taylor's going to host it because she's the best at that. And whenever they're like, who do you want to host? I'm like, Taylor. So it's, a Barnes and Noble ticketed event. It's uh, like 25 bucks that gets you entry and a copy of my book with a signed book plate. Taylor and I are going to chat. We're going to do questions. We're going to drink. It's just gonna be like a fun, fun evening, a fun Tuesday night. 
I'm so fucking excited. And the best thing is, it's remote, so you don't even have to fucking leave your house, which I'm thrilled about, too, because I hate to leave my house. Despise with the intensity of 10,000 suns. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm going to have to read the book now, huh? Bitch, you still haven't read it? <laughs> Claudia, I don't read good. What do you want from I me? I just want to say I'm offended, like, for <laughs> real. Did you read you Stassi's book? Nope. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to read it. <laughs> and also, she gets so mad at me. And also, I still to this day have not watched the episode of Vanderpump Rules where her and Bo get engaged. <laughs> so, I mean, girl, like for someone who never leaves their house, like you have a lot of shit to do. <laughs> so I will be no. I'm actually. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna read your book. I'm gonna the do it. The thing is, and I'm not just saying it because obviously I, I wrote it and I think it's amazing. I do think you would love it. Like it's extremely funny, if I can say so myself. It's very <laughs> earnest. It's very genuine. I talk a lot about death, about grief, about weight, about being fat, about getting canceled, about becoming a comedian. Like I do think you would love it. Like for real. No, I will. I know I will love it. I mean, I'm and not it's so short. It's 240 pages, bitch. So I'm not a total moron. I mean, before we did the one last year, I had to like pull excerpts. I had to know something. So I read little snippets. The do you bear, have a copy I, at your house? Do you want me to send you one? Well, yes, of course I do. It's literally upstairs. I look at it every single morning. I have it in a bookshelf. Sure. I, sure, I, Jan. I will send you a fucking picture when we're done recording and you will Great. be eating Great. fucking crow. But um, no, you know, I mean, that listener was right. That, that person that DM me was right. I am lazy. I do the bare <laughs> minimum. <laughs> That's the thing about haters. Like when I really think, sit down and think about it, like 99% of the time, like they're not wrong. <laughs> but it's just because it's true doesn't mean you should say it to someone. Doesn't mean it's nice. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts in my head that I never say. Okay. Yeah. What if I just start Don't. attacking them back about their picture and just shaming them? For I just want to let you know, like, you will regret it immediately. I've never, <laughs> I've never responded to a hater and been like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I've always been like, Claudia, what the fuck are you doing? Grow up. I know. Me too. Me too. Do better. But I will post it on Instagram because it's fun content. And Agreed. I need all the help I can get. By the way, can I get a little bit of acknowledgement? for my efforts in 2022 on my Instagram. Have you, you seen all my stories? I have, I have. I've seen like lots of stories from you. I'm loving the content. We want Thank more. You. We need more. Give Thank us Taylor you. on the Peloton. Give us your atrocious cooking. Like we want it. Give us that disgusting meatloaf that you claim is good and we know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to us. Yeah, I love you so much. Um, yeah, guys, so next week is the event. This airs on a Thursday. The following Tuesday, this following mm -hmm. Tuesday. Jan will be 25. Up. So get a tick, uh, get a comfy chair, put on a comfy robe. I fucking love a robe. I'm going to do it in a robe. A oh, robe I love that idea. I'll do the same. We'll be drinking yes. spritzes. Like, it's going to be so yes. good. Drinking, yeah, grab a spritz. By the way, it's so good. We are, I think we gave you a promo code, right? Oh, you did. Let's give it out right now. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. Fuck. Ben's going to kill me. I think it's either Taylor or Taylor 15. I think it was Taylor 15. I remember a number behind okay. it because that's what helped re remind me what the percentage Code was. was. Yeah. So it's 15% off for your first purchase. Yeah. Taylor 15. I retained it. Look at that. Good, Good for you. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me. I love you to bits and pieces. I have so much fun when you come on the podcast. You know you're I like my you. fave. I'm obsessed with you. I love you more. You guys follow Claudia at Girl With No Job, obviously, and at Claudia Oshry as well. Uh, Claudia, love you. Thank you, girl. Love and you, you too, guys. Early.
don't forget, follow me. I need followers <laughs> at Taylor Stryker. <laughs> and also, rate review the podcast. It means so much to podcasters when you do that. You have no idea. It seems something small, but it's actually something huge. So just rate, review. Even if it's bad, I'll fucking take the engagement. <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best. I couldn't do this if I didn't have you, so I appreciate you. You want to DM me fucked up things? I guess it's fine as long as you're listening. <laughs> okay, yep. guys. That is it. Have a great one. Until next week.